Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Kalanorkas. The opening practice running for the 2020 Bahrain Grand Prix took place today at the Secure Track and the action from FP1 and FP2 is the subject for our latest Bite Size Podcast. Now, as I work on my usual Friday feature based on the action from today at the track that you can read later tonight on autosport.com plus, I'm going to hand over again to my colleagues, Autosport's technical editor, Jake Boxall-Leg, and Jonathan Noble, F1 editor at motorsport.com, who will guide you through all the big talking points of today's F1 action here in Bahrain. Over to you, Jake and John. Thank you, Alex. And we have had a bit of a barking mad practice day at Bahrain to look at. And Alex Albon's crash brought out an FP2 red flag. And no sooner had a green flag come out, a dog made an appearance on track. Now, it was a rough couple of minutes, but the dog managed to whip itself off the road and set her up with a frantic final 20 minutes of running. Now, Lewis Hamilton was quickest in both sessions, leading Mercedes 1-2 in FP1, while Max Verstappen was second in FP2 and Bottas third in that nighttime session. I'm joined by John Noble, motorsport.com's F1 editor. John, uh, first of all, apologies for those uh, dreadful dog puns at the top of the show. Um, And let's talk about the biggest subject of that practice, which was, of course, that dog. Um, I'm joking. Uh, We'll talk about Alex Albon's crash to start off with. It was a bit of a big one, wasn't it? How did he end up doing that? Uh, it's classic crash we tend to see with this modern generation of cars. Obviously, quite high downforce. Um, basically, ran wide at the final corner. Um, wasn't you know out of control. You know, a lot of drivers do run wide there. Kept his foot in. Um, the rear got out a bit. Uh, snapped a little bit to the left. He corrected it. Um, and then, as, as often happens, these cars grip. And when they grip, um, they go the direction of the steering wheel. And that steering wheel was left hard into the barriers. So. It wasn't. Uh, I don't think the car damage justified the the scale of the mistake, but um, 
I think he did three, three and a half corners. Um, but I think Red Bull have just said now the engine looks all right. And obviously it's got a practice gearbox in. Um, but it's going to mean a late, late night of work for the Red Bull crew. And it's already late as they're well into the night as the session began. Certainly not a great time to do it as he's basically got three races left to try and really stake that claim for a seat. Now, we saw last year when he had that big crash in China that he's been historically able to kind of bounce back well in the races, but he really likes making it difficult for himself, doesn't he? Yeah, I think there's also quite an, an irony that he went off just as he'd passed Pierre Gasly. So there was that onboard shot of Pierre driving past him, which is a bit of a, a cruel irony considering that um, Albon was the man who replaced Gasly at Red Bull last year. Um, and I think FOM also flicked across to see Sergio Perez's face as obviously Sergio's hoping that um, Red Bull decide not to keep Alex next year and the seat can be his. But um, yeah, I think Alex in a situation where Red Bull are trying everything they can to give Alex all the time he needs and give give Alex the opportunity to show what he can do. So, you know, they are justified in, in keeping him on. But every time he appears to be so close to, to doing well or making a step forward, like in Turkey, I mean two weekends ago it was possible that he could have won that race he was looking in such a good position uh, and the afternoon just fell apart um, and here he's got off to a poor start um, but you're right you can you, you can isolate it and you can bounce back from these things but um, it's yet another kind of if Helmut Marco has got a little book of reasons to keep him or reasons not to keep him then unfortunately today is another one of those ticks in the reasons not to keep Alex box unfortunately Certainly is. And, and yeah, as you say, Gasly had a ringside seat for that one. As it happened now, further complaints throughout that session. So in FP1 and in FP2, Pirelli had a brand new 2021 spec C3 tyre for use in both sessions. They had to do a mandatory six laps in, in FP2. Um, now, having listened to some of the drivers, John, and having a look at the various comments that they've made, doesn't exactly seem to be a popular tyre. What have been the sort of main takeaways from it? No, the driver's comments have been fairly negative. Um, You know, Lando Norris saying that they've been tricky. I think Lewis Hamilton says, I'm not sure I can really say what I truly feel about these tyres. But um, I think two things to bear in mind. One, normally when drivers get to test uh, new tyres, they hate them. Um, They've got so used to the, the current compounds and current constructions and how best to optimize them that when they're when they're given these new tires that have different characteristics that you need to understand but potentially a new balance it, it can change how the car feels so it kind of exaggerates the, the kind of transition between the, the two tires if we recall austin last year they tried these tires in free practice it was a disaster drivers complaining didn't like them at all um probably at the time then said well we're, we're just going to stop um testing these tires in practice sessions because it throws out of kilter what the drivers feel they're abandoned from their program they don't get a true representation because the car's not honed properly for the tires but obviously covid situations prompted them to to do it this way round and i think also today it's exacerbated these tires appear to be have a slightly different construction which has an aero impact and these cars as you well know as our tech expert um very intricate on the aero front any slight kind of influence or deviation or impact on the the rest of the car and the area can be thrown totally out of kilter. So I think what you've seen today is um, the tyres having this impact on aero, which has affected the car balance. The fact they're new constructions and new compounds has affected the car balance. Um, So basically it's not really a surprise that the drivers are unhappy. Um, But I don't think it's anything that can't be addressed with just more running and testing next year. 
we had a similar situation uh, last year. I remember when you mentioned that they decided to stop testing these tires in practice sessions, and they were supposed to be a new compound for this year. And they test it in the in the Abu Dhabi tire test po- at the end of the season, and and that was a different shape as well. It was a lot sort of squarer on the sidewall, and as you say, it does have a a big aero impact as well. And the drivers were really again they were unhappy and Pirelli decided well what we'll do is we'll listen to the drivers and the teams and they decided to veto them and we've ended up in this situation where we have last year's tyres up at higher pressures but this year I don't think they're going to have that opportunity because if they keep raising the pressures it's it's going to be cause more and more of a problem especially if they over inflate the tyres as well so we are sort of in this situation and it is perhaps a little bit of their making but it is also you know the drivers and teams had vetoed last year's tyres so we are in this situation I think we should just stop asking drivers how they feel about things to be honest with you I think the I think the drivers have got valid you know drivers have valid input and valid um, suggestions and understand what makes a good racing tyre um, I think the difficulty comes from Formula 1 being so competitive and everything on a car being um, so well prepared and well balanced and well honed that anything that deviates from the kind of the perfect platform they want takes these cars and takes the drivers out of a comfort window that they want. And teams of drivers don't like things that are unpredictable and tyres are unpredictable. So I think you're going to constantly, on the specifics of what a tyre is doing, you know, I think you are right. Maybe, you know, the drivers and teams do have a bit, perhaps too much input into what the specifics should be. But I think as in a wider picture of what is the, the philosophy of a tyre, do we want super high degrading tyres that... Um, you know, fall apart after 10 laps and we want four or five stops? Do we want tyres that, um, you know, give us no-stop races in theory and have zero degradation and potentially boring races? Or do we want do we want something in between? I think that's where the driver input, sorting that philosophy out is where the driver input is really important. Certainly. Uh, and, in the, you know, in the last 15 years or so, we've, we've done all of the above. So, um Someone, de- someone needs to make a call somewhere, I suppose. Um, but elsewhere in the news, I suppose, uh, we should probably start with Ferrari, I guess. Um, today, they have suggested that it would now back an engine freeze. Now, this is something that Red Bull's been asking for because, uh, as we know, Honda is expected to put, well, Honda will pull out at the end of 2021. And Red Bull's ideal scenario, therefore, is to kind of take on those Honda engines. But it needs an engine freeze so that it doesn't have to front the cost of the development itself. And Ferrari had been against this um, when asked previously, and now it's made this U-turn, John. What's what's changed its mind? Maybe some Ferrari engine dyno figures for its 2021 engine, perhaps. But, um, <laughs> if you're, it's, it's classic Formula 1 that if you're the team in front, then you'll be more than happy to freeze anything to stop your rivals having the ability to catch up. And if you're behind, you want everything open and development totally free so you can make the, the steps forward that you want. Um, I thought it was very interesting tonight. So Ferrari have basically said that they would support a potential freeze from 2022, um, which still gives some scope for improvement next year um, under certain conditions, which are that the the all new engine that Formula One is introducing, whatever this new hybrid will be from 20, supposedly from 26 comes forward to 2025. And the F1 commits heavily to, you know, the sustainable fuels, whether that's biofuel or, carbon recaptured fuel or whatever that that final format is but so it wants to see you know f1 heading in these this direction on the engines and on that front it will accept a freeze um on that front but then christian horner spoken tonight and was asked about ferrari situation 
said, yeah, he's very happy that this is really important. And then said, but it's important that um, there is freedom to develop the engines in this freeze if you're behind and have the ability to catch up. So to me, that's not a freeze. So I think, um, you know, it's maybe one of those scenarios that we we kind of have in have in the coronavirus world at the moment, especially with the UK government, that we come out of lockdown into something that's still a lockdown but isn't called a lockdown. So is F1 going to head to a scenario of an uh, engine freeze that isn't actually an engine freeze? <laughs> Much we could call it tier. It could be tier two, tier two <laughs> engine development. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, further, furthermore, uh, other bits of news around the paddock as well. And this has been an ongoing thing um, because, as we know, Haas is the last team yet to announce a driver, and, and Gunsteiner has, has over this weekend has said it will be soon that they'll, they'll announce their drivers and we expect it to be uh, Mick Schumacher and Nikita Mazepin, both Formula 2 drivers. Um, but, John, how how soon is soon? What's kind of the hold-up on this? Uh, I would expect it's partly practical and partly promotional. Um, I think, you know, it's looking, all indications are that it will be Nikita Mazepin and Mick Schumacher um, for Haas. Um, you know, Haas has informed Kevin Magnussen and Roman Grosje on their out. No other, no other driver who is free, for example, like Sergio Perez, says there's a vacancy there. Um, so it looks like that happening. However, I understand Nikita still needs um, Formula 2 super license points, basically. So you need the season to finish for him to be guaranteed um, that slot. And until the, the final round of the championship's done, those points aren't guaranteed. So on practical reasons, you know, that box tick has to happen by the Formula 2 season being finished. Um, it makes sense for Haas to announce both its drivers at the same time. And, you know, from Mick Schumacher's perspective, while he's already got a Formula 1 super licence equally, no point in heaping extra pressure on him or extra media interest or any of this while he's fighting for the Formula 2 championship. So from a from a perspective of announcing at the right time and announcing it when's, the, when's practically the best time in terms of super licence points, get these Bahrain races out of the way and then it can be announced in the build-up to Abu Dhabi. Certainly, uh, and it's obviously very closely uh, contested in F two as well because Callum Eilert's in uh, in championship contention as well. And as as we speak now, he closed the gap a little bit on Mick Schumacher after getting pole position, uh, which segues nicely onto qualifying tomorrow. Um, now, John, this week I'm not going to ask you can anyone beat Mercedes to pole because Lance Stroll did it last week, uh, which I don't think any of us expected. But Max Verstappen's qualifying pace has been according to the the brand new Formula One qualifying pace uh, graph that appeared on screen, quite good. And he could be uh, in the mix with the team Mercedes here. Yeah, I think, I think he's in the mix, but I still think we've not seen seen the best of the Mercedes. Um, I think they did a lot of tyre work, <clears throat> probably focused a lot more on next year's tyre work than Red Bull had. Um, and I think the other tricky issue to understand tomorrow is the soft tyre here is degrading heavily. Um, I think drivers are seeing performance dropping off towards the end of a lap. So there'll be an awful lot about tyre management. I suspect the teams, especially Mercedes and Red Bull, um, potentially some teams behind will try to get through Q2 tomorrow on the, the medium tyre. It's definitely today proved quick enough as Max Verstappen's shown. Um, so on that front, but I still wouldn't would have, wouldn't bet against Mercedes. They just looked, despite all the extra work on tyres today, despite, I think, seems an extended program. I think they did more laps than they normally do this morning, especially. I just think they're in the in control again on a high downforce track with decent as- asphalt. 
It'll certainly be very, very interesting. And Bahrain's become a bit of a modern classic, so I can't wait to see what happens over the rest of the weekend. Uh, John, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, that's all from us. Back to you, Alex. Well, thanks to John and JBL for their thoughts and thanks to everybody listening. Now, just before we go, we'd like to remind you that the latest issue of Autosport magazine came out yesterday and is available on the supermarket shelves and in newsagents, as well as on the doormats of subscribers. There'll be a new issue of the magazine for you to pick up every Thursday, packed full of news, analysis and the usual stunning photography. And of course, if you want unlimited access to Autosport from the comfort of your home, visit autosport.com slash plus to find out how to subscribe to our digital package. We'll be back soon with another episode of the Autosport podcast. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.